There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. There's only one Eric's Family Barbecue location in Arizona. That's right, just one. It's in Avondale, and it's worth the drive over and over again. Barbecue restaurants that have several locations usually cut their quality for expansion. Not Eric's Family Barbecue. Eric serves Texas-style barbecue that never disappoints, always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Now, we know brisket is king, but have you tried their pulled pork with coleslaw? It's a match made in heaven. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Go to ericsfamilybbq.com for more information. Morning sickness. You've been deceived by an agent of Satan himself. He's evil. Sitting right here. Come on. No, I'm no, he's not. He's not evil. He's just a bit rude. Thank you, Weapon of Pride, and a Wednesday morning. So we're already halfway home, folks. That's an easy part. And football season's going to make it even faster. As uh, all my emails now are just dudes who feel like me. Going crazy. Guy says, uh, John, I couldn't agree more with your loyalty to sports ramp. I grew up a Chicago sports fan. Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, not the White Sox. Ugh, f- the White Sox. Hey, I give them credit, though. I mean, it's true. Team, that's my team, but That's still. right. I was born in Chicago, but I moved to Arizona when I was a baby. I grew up following those teams, probably because my dad or some other thing. That's where, that's where oh, by the way, f- the White Sox. <laughs> I always wanted my own uh, home teams to follow. Then they started to show up in Arizona. Took a couple years to decide to jump with both feet in for the Cardinals, but I figured it was a lot more fun to support a team you can go see on a regular basis. Good, better, otherwise it's been fun. Although it was great to see the Cubs finally win a championship, I've yet to wear the championship t-shirt and hat as a Diamondbacks fan. Of course, growing up, Cubs fan has always prepared me for what the Diamondbacks will become. Ha, ha, ha. And also, f- the White Sox. John. Yeah. So I understand when you're a baby and you move and this becomes your regular thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's I, I didn't have a basketball team when I moved here. I didn't care about the NBA as a little kid. So when I moved here, I was like, that was my introduction to basketball. It was the Suns. Sweet D. Walter Davis and those guys. It was uh, the best nickname in basketball that makes me giggle to this day. Sweet D. Old Sweet D. I I used to love that. And I didn't even know why it was funny when I was a little kid, but I just knew something wasn't right about it when Al McCoy would go, Wow, from downtown, Sweet D. (laughs) That's got to mean something more. And And, it did. And didn't you have, uh, your dad had access to some tickets too? Oh, that was the best part. And that's a front row. When you never see it before that. And then they got good. Yep. Like I was going to dump games for a little while with the drug addict sons in the mid 70s. The. The cocaine-fueled making deals over there at the bar on Indian School or Van Buren or whatever it was. When it was NBA, man. When the NBA meant something yeah. to these guys. But, you know, back when they would sell their own drugs and buy their own. Yeah, the Suns were a, a cartel. They were running drugs. The whole team. And then uh, Colangelo came in, shipped everybody out, and they ended up getting good in like a day. But that was a team I was going to watch. James Edwards, Larry Nance. I thought they were awesome. 
Sweet D, Walter Davis. They had a really fun team, but they weren't any good. And uh, what was the name of that bar they were selling all those drugs out of? Oh, man. I can't remember what it was, but they were selling drugs. <laughs> they went to the same place. And you'd, you know, you're, the, you're seven feet tall, James Edwards, and you're standing in a club and like, hey, there's that, I think that's the Sun Center. My guess, in a town filled with Mexicans. And at the time, in 1986, there weren't any seven-foot black guys living in Phoenix that didn't play for the Suns. Malarkeys? Malarkeys, yeah. that's the one. And so we'd wander in there. It's oh, malarkey. Kind of recognizable, handing out Coke and taking big bundles out. With his other Suns team. It's the only pro sport team they had. And people were looking at I think the Phoenix Suns are here. And one of them just offered me loads of cocaine. <laughs> Which one? Sweet D. He goes in the ring of honor. Yeah, Sweet D was exonerated, though. He evidently didn't do it. But Jerry came in, traded the whole lot, got rid of everybody. Oh, he didn't want to infringe in his business. That's right. Jerry's like, oh, competition. I nah, see how this works. Let me buy that whole son's operation and get these druggies <laughs> out of here. He's the Gus Fring of Phoenix. Nobody even knows it. But yeah, I used to love that. So the sons became my team. So I'm, I, because I was a kid who moved a lot, I'm all over the road. My dad bled black and gold. That was ingrained in me. I grew up watching Cubs baseball as a little kid living there and then came here for the Suns. Never really had a hockey you, you, team. You so. supported the the Cardinal thing, just having season tickets a couple uh, times. Only because I wanted to watch pro football, but I wasn't but a fan. I, I understand that when yeah. someone moves to a town and they've been here long enough. I I don't See, hold them against them, like embracing. I do if you had a passion for a team you, before. I tell you, the town's a lot better when you. When they're winning. Sure, the other and that's way great, and there's going yeah. to be enough of them. But if you came here with a loyalty, it's like people always say, support your local team. What if I get transferred? Oh, let's say I jump in full, full yeah. bore with the, with the Cardinals. I'm a super Cardinal fan. I've never had any respect for anyone in radio that comes in town and suddenly grabs hold jumps, of the team. Jumps on, yeah. It's, it's inauthentic. It's phony. Toledo's a Seahawks fan. There's no possible way he could turn coat on his Seahawks God, no. for the Cardinals. You were talking about colors. I can't wear red. You can't wear that can't because wear it because inside you, and I respect that. That's a I respectable like a lot trait. Of red shoes. Yeah, can't do it. You, you wave in the wind just because you're close to it is just laziness at any point, especially nowadays with all the options to find your team on TV. Back when I had Cardinal season tickets, it was to watch pro football live. The other team's coming in. TV showed me the Cowboy games every week. I didn't get to see the Steelers. There was no direct TV. There was nothing. So I'm like, all right. And I didn't cheer for the other teams, but I was watching pro football. on my, And it was impossible at the time to get anybody to go with me. But I didn't want to watch the Oilers and Eagles game of the week. I didn't care. And that's all we had is two, two games a, a day. Now you can watch anything you want. Your loyalty can hold true. But if you're a little kid and stuff and you make the swaparoo, I understand that because you didn't have a loyalty to begin with. Well, you had that third game because you had the one true, the you, one yeah. network that had two. Yeah, one of them would show two yeah. games in a day, so but one of them was always the – well, here it was the Broncos-Cowboys yeah. and then NBC, the AFC game was always something ridiculous. In like Montana, the Raiders and or the Chargers got on a lot too. In Montana, it was always the Broncos. I hate the yeah, Broncos. I didn't want to watch the Broncos day, play. I couldn't that's stand all we them. saw. Ugh. Especially because my, when I was in high school, that's when they drafted Elway. So that's all I saw. Oh, oh. Not that he's bad, but it just no, he's bad. Wasn't for me. He's awful. He was that wasn't big horse tooth jackass John Elway. I still love the story of my boxing trainer Ray, drunk in Las Vegas, and I held the door open at Caesar, and I turn around, and I realized I just held the door open for John Elway and his friend, and I'm like, oh, I said it's an honor to see you here, Hall of Famer John Elway. I said, but 
as a Steeler fan, I should have shut the door in your face. And he turned, he looked at me, he goes, yeah, 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 he said something under his breath. Kind of got snotty. My Irish trainer had no idea who he was. Who's this guy, Johnny? What did he give you that look for? Should we take care of him? Let's scalp him. I'm like, no, no, you don't want to like, go beating up on John Elway right here. What do you give you a look like that for? I'm like, he plays professional football. He's a, he's a great player for the Broncos. I just hate the Broncos. I don't like the way he looked at you. I'm like, all right, Ray, calm down. We're not beating up John Elway. Or at least I'm not. I want to watch you try it. I unintentionally just pounded on the door of Mike Ditka's. Uh, yeah, that was great. His stall at the his his he was taking a dump. Big fan, sir. Didn't say a word. I didn't know he was in there. <laughs> you knew he was in there. Toledo was again Vegas drunk in Pittsburgh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, blind. And Ditka walks into the bathroom and goes into the stall to take a huge Ditka. <laughs> Toledo just comes out of his stands outside the stall and just starts two fist boom 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 boom, boom on the stall. <laughs> what? The hell's going on out there? What's going on? Slew just walks away <laughs> and leaves. I'm like, we got to get out of here. Dick is going to think we did that. Brady walking on Madden's bus. Uh, Brady just gets on the bus. Madden's. <laughs> hey, oh, Willie. The best part of that story is that Brady wouldn't stop circling Madden's bus. And there's John Madden standing there, and he sees Brady. And Brady, of course, so what kind of spread you got up there? He's ready to see on the out. Because it said Outback on the side. It was sponsored by the steakhouse. So John Madden just, like, no ring, no nothing. Just puts his phone next to his head. Yeah, no, no, I've been on the phone for a while there. There's a guy who's on the phone. Can't talk to you, weird little strange lady. Hey. Oh, boy. But then Brady starts talking to the bus driver. Yeah, how about it? And that guy was not letting you on. I like that. Really? Just leave Wait. him alone. Can't leave him alone. Celebrity. He's a bus driver. Celebrity bus driver. Get away from the bus. I got to pretend to be on the phone for a half hour here. That little lady won't leave. Here's a guy who wants a nap before the game, and I got some lady standing outside there. I'm a boy. I can't believe that. Isn't he turducken up yeah. there? And Brady just stood there with his hand on the edge of the bus and a foot on the step. Not letting him go. So, Rico, what's this thing do? About 58? <laughs> yeah, the bus goes about 58. Would you get your hands off of it, ma'am? I'm a boy. Sports makes you do crazy things. Yeah, it does. It turns into a lunatic. Uh, as do RVs and uh, spreads. Turn Brady into that. That's his food. And that's what that guy said. Turncoat Browns fan asking to come over. He goes, uh, switching loyalties over a sandwich? That's something Brady wouldn't do. And that's sad. Brady wouldn't swap out for a Sammy. You're not going to wear, you know, uh, Michigan gear for a delicious meal? No. No. What about a year's worth of delicious meals for free? You love free. We're getting closer. Yeah. Would you wear Michigan? No. 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 Would you ever wear Michigan for anything? No. You have a price. Not even for Grater's ice cream for a year? <laughs> There's a, <laughs> a year of Skyline Chili. <laughs> Brett remembers nope. the Grater's frenzy. <laughs> what about a Grater's franchise? They give you a franchise. you got to wear Michigan stuff every day. And you got to hang the M in the store. And you got to be on it. Give me that jersey and I'll do a Heisman yeah, pose so. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd blow a homeless before I'd wear a Ravens jersey. The prices. I mean, it gets You'd dumb. You'd go Australian football player? I would, I would blow a homeless. I would. <laughs> Wouldn't even be a question. Like, you blow a homeless guy or wear this Ravens gear for an entire year and get free whatever. Blah. I'm like, where's the homeless guy? Let's, let's get this over with. There's no way I'd do that. Yuck. Yeah, I'd blow homeless in a heartbeat. Million dollars, wear the Ravens thing all year long, support the Ra- Lamar it's Jackson. It's like bend the knee. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I no. 
to support Lamar Jackson, his avatar face that's it's poorly built. He looks like a bad video game face. Like they're, they're not, <laughs> they don't have his graphics done properly. Like he's still on Super Nintendo. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's he's, he's thirty two bits, but it's <laughs> not right. Your eyes aren't right. I'm so sleepy. That's all I see when I see his face. He's, just like his knees he's all that. jacked up this yeah, year. Yeah, he's too big. Which is great because his little knees are going to fold out from under him. RG3 him. I hate that guy. And his, You know what he looks like? He looks like an ultrasound of a baby. You know when they're not done yet and their <laughs> eyes are all gooed out? And ugly. Blech. Oh, it's football. Yes, I can't stand him. Who do you got first? Game? I see three Ravens, sixty degrees around no, mountains. Bengals. Bengals. Yeah, oh, we got the right. Bengals to start. No, Ravens are later in the year, and hopefully by then, Natiri will be broken. <laughs> Can't stand that guy. Most overrated player in the in the game. Yes, he's an athlete, but I'll take a quarterback that knows how to play from the neck up rather than somebody that uh, defaults to running around. I don't mind a guy who can escape the pocket, but when his first reaction when a play breaks is, I'll take it, yeah, you're never going to win anything. That's the problem with Kyler Murray, and I think he's a better pocket passer than Lamar Jackson. I think he's yeah. an excellent pocket passer. But his default move is is uh, ah. athleticism escape, rather than smart. It's not even escape. It's run. Escape is one thing. Run as an option in your head is... Athletic got him in the playoffs. You lean to athletic. Well, you're going to lose in the playoffs with that because yep. you need a you That's need a quarterback that knows how to be smart. You panicked in the playoffs. Pocket quarterbacks panicked. always are the ones. And look at the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, who has escape ability but doesn't default to run. He defaults sacked to, 26 times. Yeah, still. dude understood how to maneuver in the pocket to keep the play alive, not just take off. And uh, Matthew Stafford, another classic pocket quarterback. That's what wins Super Bowls. And I think Kyler Murray is that. I think he's that plus. It's just he's got to stop pouting. His problem is he's Nick Kyrgios. He loses his mind when something goes wrong. I was watching him mic'd up last night on the NFL Network, and they showed him throw an interception in the Texans game. And he's on the sidelines pouting. He's sitting next to Colt McCoy. And he's like, man, one game, I want to play one game. I was trying to play turnover free. And Colt McCoy said, what you just did will have zero effect on the end of this game. It's, it's over. And he just starts shaking. He's just he's out of the game. He's just sunk into his own misery. And Colt McCoy's sitting next to him going, dude, interceptions. Those are easy. Like, I do those all the time. This is, come on. Watch this. <laughs> you, you, trust me. Get over it or you're going to kill yourself. Time on the clock. If I spent that much time on my interceptions, I'd be hanging from a rope. Anyway, football. Oh, it's here. So happy. But a lot of people emailing it, you know. Their loyalties are where they're at. and Already fights with wives about plans for the weekend. And I make my plans for weekends based on Steelers' times. Yeah. I do Lots not, of people have asked you stuff. Absolutely. That's, uh, nope. ooh, that's the... Uh... I know the Thursday games, so that weekend's free. I know the Sunday night games, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon's free. i got to be home by like 1. By the way, I think this is my first Thursday free season. Yeah, you're gonna have. You're not gonna have a lot of prime time. I got Monday. You everybody's every, Monday night. Everybody gets one. Yeah. So, but yeah, I know my Monday games. I know all my weekends that I can plan around football. Which oh, is just I, I bet the under on my team's wins this year. Which is four. Uh, five and a half. Oh Jesus! You don't think they're gonna get six? Nope. Oof. Probably oh no, Gino as my quarterback. I think you're right. I think <laughs> Come on, uh, football. <sighs> anyway.
Another thing I was paying attention to yesterday in the news, and I hadn't even thought of this. Uh, they showed it. It was adorable and also tragic. A uh, chimp escaped from a zoo in the Ukraine, oh. and they found it. And then he put it on a bicycle and it rode, it rode back to the zoo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Kidding, That's man. not true. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's the greatest story I've ever seen. Like, they stuck him on a bicycle and he rode back. I'm not joking. Did he, did he come out of a zoo originally? I mean, yeah, I, he's I, in I'm a no, zoo. Uh, come uh, out of a circus. It's Russia. The they zoo. train their bears to yeah. stand on hats. And, and this segment brought to you by Action Ride Shop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a <laughs> pivot. He's on a new e bike? on a pivot. <laughs> yeah, he's on an e bike. <laughs> He put him on a bicycle. They rode him back. And the dude was like, yeah, I got out. Like, you'd think like a, an escaped chimpanzee, you'd bring him a bicycle. He's going to be like, I'm getting on that. But he was totally cool with it. Like, ah, it's a bike. We're good. I don't have to walk for. back. And like, they didn't want to walk him back or put him in a car. And then it got me thinking about zoos in the Ukraine right now. And I, I was reading. war going on? Oh, yeah. hundreds of animals Wait, and people died. Did they go full stereotypical and yeah, put him in a jacket. yellow jacket? They went curious, George. <laughs> but there, he, yeah, there's the video. It's like him walking through the streets, like there's our chimp. I think. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's our guy. <laughs> and then uh, they go over and get him on a bike, and he pops on it, and they ride him back to the zoo. It's, the mo- it's like the most Pixar thing I've ever seen in my life. How far into the And uh, think about how bad it is in Ukraine right now that you're wandering oh, around. That's crazy. In a big yellow jacket. And the lady walks up to him like a chimp. With the, yeah, this is the lady and the, the man in the yellow hat. <laughs> What's the matter, George? They put the coat on him because it's raining. He don't yeah, want to be out there. And uh, but how bad would it be to be like in the Ukraine and every time you open the door, like, are we safe? We safe? Are there any bombs going off? Oh, there's another one. And then you walk down your hallway and there's a chimpanzee. And you're like, this this city oh, sucks. Get out of here! Yeah, with there that. he goes. Spiked him back. <laughs> His name's Chichi. Be it's like Kermit me. the Frog at the beginning of the <laughs> Muppet movie, yeah. just pedaling along. Yeah. <laughs> Why are there so many songs <laughs> wow. about? They biked him back to the zoo. He I, wanted to leave. Talk about being here for the absurdity. Oh, it, exactly. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, and I read about it, in that very same zoo, a bunch of uh, handlers trying to get those. And they're taking them to apartments. All the animals. To keep them safe? I guess. I don't know what yeah. that's going to do. Just keep them in the zoo. And they started to evacuate them and try to get them to safe places so they could get them to other zoos and other places. Hundreds of them died. People and animals just hanging out at the zoo. So Russia was bombing the zoo. Or keeping it tight. Yeah. Man. It's nuts. And then the one just like, and they're like, we don't know how he escaped. I'm like, could be that the war-torn zoo probably is missing a wall or two. Yeah. <laughs> but that city didn't look so bad. And that's one of the no. big ones been bombed out. Do they keep it open? Are there still people? I mean, Brady would go in a war. Of course, if, you if need Phoenix an escape, was, John. If Phoenix was under attack from Russia, Brady would be like, well, I still got to hit the world wildlife. See how that's going. I want to. What? Chris, you invited me. I want to touch the monkeys. <gasps> the rides would be spectacular. Wow. Two things. Christy invited him. Kirby wanted to go. <laughs> well, Kirby was forced to go. Kirby might have gone, what, zoo? I heard that sounds like interest to me. Get in. Good day. Only a couple of lions got out. Yeah. <laughs> What happened here? The Russians bombed us, Brady. Wow. <laughs> the animals are missing. Are they on the 303 or what? We don't really know. If I find one, I'll feed it. Eric's Family Barbecue. Because <laughs> that's where I'm going next. In the UK, they studied the habits of the primates during the COVID lockdown. 
see if their behaviors changed. They didn't know. The baboons had way more sex. <laughs> Wait a minute. The uh, How did gorillas the know it was COVID? The chimpanzees ate more food. Gorillas spent more time resting, playing video games, and doing nothing. Hold on. And then it reorganized their, uh, their pens that they... Yeah. And then when the people started coming back into the zoo, oh, I see what you're saying. The thought, social habits, if right. they changed during the lockdown, because no one was coming out to visit. Right. So it's just the exact same thing as the Phoenix Zoo. No one's ever there. So the animals, <laughs> it's like uh, observing them. If what if we had a zoo and no one came? But the gorillas also actually liked the part when people came out. They became more active oh, to visit they? the interaction, but. The baboons then uh, cut down on their sex because everyone was watching them. Were we um, paying attention to them before? Yeah. Were we? So we knew their activity <laughs> levels prior to COVID? Yeah. They we studied we their didn't activity levels to see doing the thing the sure we did. people. Right. And then they studied to see how much it would differ, how much did it differ d- during the COVID time. Right. When absolutely, so you're telling me that animals, when absolutely nothing's going on, rela- tend to relax. And when there's uh, stuff stirring around, they get up and look at it. Yeah. Oh, that's, wow. that's a, what a study. What a study. I would have never guessed. Because my house, when nobody's home, the cameras show that the dogs don't yeah. do dick. They do nothing. And when we're home, they get up and move around. It's amazing how that works. They're happier with people around. Yeah. I, they don't know happy. They just know that, that maybe they were anxious and nervous the entire time. Like, what's going on? There's an awful lot of people around. And here's what I know of people. Some of them feed me and some of them capture and cage me. We don't know that. They got up and moved around more often. Of course they did. There was a lot more movement. There's a lot more motion. I'm not going to lay on the floor here in this room during business hours, but I'm sure Brett had several nights where he just plopped down on that couch over there because no one was here. Hammered. And lived sedentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when there's no actual stirring around you, you tend to stagnate. That's all. That's all life. Even fish. Have more sex. Right. And you're bored. You jerk off more often. Nothing going on. But if there's people walking around in your windows, you're going to not jerk off as much. As much. You can throw my yak on them. <laughs> right. If you want to. What a study. I prefer the Ukrainian zoo study of, well, where do we take them? I don't know. Get them to the apartment building. He like bike. They have lions and stuff. They were trying to get out, and they just blew stuff up. You'd think that that would be the like. Unfortunately, and I'm an animal lover. That place is on its own. Like I'm not risking lion rescue during bombings because if the walls come yeah, down, they, you a lot gotta, of those had to be euthanized. Basically, euthanized. They just got blown up. But I'm. They didn't euthanize any. They were talking about it last night. They're trying to evacuate them all, and uh, just died. Tons of them died. The bombs were coming. So I'm like, the last thing I want to do is be the guy, all right, you got to free those lions or get those over to the apartments. I'm like, well, I'm not taking those lions. If a bomb comes close and knocks their walls down, we got free lions That's in the city. That's what you're not going to know. What I'm telling you, if the bombs are coming and they can't relocate them, they probably just the shot them. Exactly. Well, that's, that's less euthanized, more murder. Like, euthanized sounds nice. They might have shot a bunch of them, but they said they were trying to relocate them. I'm like, I don't even know how you're doing that during a war, and I'm not doing that. That's every man for himself, Scott. I'm not even going to. It's not even, brutal to look, eat. I'm not helping Brett out of this building. If the bombs start coming, you'll see me. I'll be gone. You'll see. Jesus, John's new hips made him fast. <laughs> He's good. Yeah, they got that uh, chimpanzee on a bicycle and they took him back to the zoo, which means 
Russia has to hate seeing that. They want everybody to believe that they're just blowing Ukraine off the map. They got time to go pick up a chimp and teach it to ride a bike. This war isn't going your way. I mean, if that's the propaganda footage of... We are very good at uh, we're destroying Ukraine. We are winning war. Don't worry about videos of chimpanzees riding bicycles. They are not having any fun. Trust me. You like the bike? Take a look at the skate park. Yeah, don't worry. The uh, other animals. It's bike curious George. It's, uh, it's, it's got <laughs> they are not uh, busy training their uh, their primates to ride bicycles. They are they are hiding in the basements, afraid of uh, war power of Russian machine. I believe, sir, that I saw a Russians uh, bombing and they did not care. They taught the chimps on bikes. No, no. Propaganda. American propaganda. That is Ben Stiller on that bicycle. <laughs> Sean Penn. In Sean Penn. No, they are not allowed here anymore. That's why they got kicked out trying to uh, propagandize uh, a, the primate on bike. It's, yeah, it's... But the zoo is... It was adorable, but at the same time, you're like, this is the saddest story in the world. They've, and there's the thing. If they're euthanizing a bunch of them... They picked and chose because the zoo's still got animals in it. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what went down, but it's a sad thing that potentially could have happened. Oh, I'm sure they had to shoot a few because that's the first thing. I'd shoot the lions. You're not going to relocate them? There's nothing Look, else you could do. If I ran the World Wildlife Zoo and there's a big enough fire nearby, I'm going to go shoot the lions first. I don't need that spreading over and having the lions recognize it's an escape. I'm not setting lions free on surprise. Those are the first things I go well, kill, kill the kill the bad ones, shoot the lions, shoot the bears. You're I know, killing him. I know, I'm you're killing him because he thinks that you. I'll just keep oh, him in my house. I'm surprised. Okay. I mean, Look, what's the- I would shoot the 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 meat eaters. Get shot the day that I find out. If there's a bad wreck by the World Wildlife Zoo that trails off and knocks a wall down, I'm just going at. I'm just shooting all the meat eaters. Brady's out there with a laser and cat treats. Lou, don't worry, Lou. <laughs> you they don't have much pounds of pressure. Just put a towel over his head. Give me a bale of catnip. Yeah. And- <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it, but they're just prisoners. It's the same thing that would happen at like Florence if the wall came down. I'd start shooting the bad ones. <laughs> Stay there. Yeah. I'm not going to get everybody bikes and ride you home back to the zoo. You're all prisoners, and you're probably not happy about it. And the lions get walking around. You got to shoot them first. The grizz, I don't know if they have grizzly bears. They got bears. You got lions. You got anything that eats meat. Shoot it. Chomo block check. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you start shooting away. If the chomos see a wall down and they start getting hard, running towards freedom, you just start shooting. Same with the zoo. Yeah, that's why the chimpanzees were out. Like, they're, well, keep them here. They're fine. If their walls come down, they'll just ride over to the action ride shop and try to get themselves a new pivot. <laughs> it was a weird story, but Chi-Chi hopped on the bike. That's how they got him back. They didn't put him in a car. They didn't walk him back. There's Chi-Chi. Wander over to him and get him his favorite bicycle. Keep him calm. He'll rip your face <laughs> right. off. Right. He's probably going to kill us, but he loves that bicycle. <laughs> but I hadn't thought of zoos during war. You just got to start lighting them up. I mean, it's a sad thing, but you don't want that thing opening up. That's the last thing you heard in the zoo internally. Just give the chimps the guns. All right, guys, it's all yours. Arm the chimps and just have them start shooting everything inside of that. Caesar! Yeah, just start spinning. Put them on a merry-go-round and have an auto fire. This is all I see when I think of that. <laughs> there he is. How amazing That's was that awesome. moment? Kermit riding a bicycle. 
Was that the great... I, the oohs and ahs in the crowd oh, yeah. when I saw that in the theater? <gasps> Kermit, it works. <laughs> he's serving finish, he's frog legs on a billboard. Is that the second one? No, it's the first one. It is? Yeah. I remember him riding around the lake singing. He starts off with the banjo. Yeah, that's yeah. it, on the, on the log. And the next thing you know is he's riding his beautiful little bike. What a movie that is. <laughs> yeah, you got to kill all the animals in the zoo. If Phoenix is ever under attack, Brad, it's on you and me to go over there and start shooting the bad ones. That'll do it. No question. And then the other thing. I, you know I love the show The Boys. We all kind of uh, got on. That's a great show. Her. Aaron Moriarty, who plays Starlight, is now saying that she's tired of being dehumanized by the fans <laughs> about how she looks. Because that's what her character has to go through. But at least when the credits roll, it ends for her. Social media talks about how I look all the time, and I can't take it. And, well, stop reading social media. Stop looking. You put yourself on TV like you haven't ever done it. Like you've never looked at somebody and go, ooh, boy, she got a little thick. Uh, if you're a pig, you wouldn't have the job you have. I mean, be thankful. God damn it, Brett. That's beautiful. <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> you should give that to every You're going to run a studio yeah, one you, day. You are, that was the most, God damn it, I'm going to cry. Are you writing for Hallmark? <laughs> what poem is that from? If you were a pig, let, just to, let's just break this. If you were a pig, you wouldn't have the job you have. That's true. Embrace it. It's true. But fans are all over her and... Like, tired of her this character. This is a Lily from AT&T thing again. Kind of. Yeah. Stop looking at my cans. Yeah. But right. she's kind of come around again. Those commercials are starting to get better again. She's starting to stand outside. Yeah. Of the, yeah. She got all mouthy about, I'm tired of people talking about my beautiful cans. Really? Embrace it. Because when you're 60, we're not going to do it anymore. Uh, probably when you're 45, we're not going to do it anymore. Those things are going to be down by your hips. <laughs> the harassment feels all the worse given the context of the role of Starlight on the show. A woman silenced and sexualized, treated like a celebrity canvas for others to project onto rather than a human being with her own thoughts and feelings. I guess you weren't built for celebrity. Annie is fictional and Aaron is not. The torment doesn't end when the credits start. There is no switch off. So at the end, the guy who plays Huey, Dennis Quaid's kid, Jack, said, we love you, Aaron. We're all here for you. You're an incredible, talented force of nature, and I consider myself incredibly lucky to know you. Keep shining bright. Leave the trolls to us. Which basically means you're a weak woman. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> We've got your back, he says. But that's the world we live in. Every time somebody goes on social media and reads things they don't like, they just don't know to turn it off. There is an off switch. There is no off switch. Yes, there is. It's called don't go on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't open the app. To read the comments. Never read the comments. There's always dickheads on the comments, and they're usually hilarious unless it's about you. You've laughed at the comments, Aaron Moriarty. Don't make Starlight a f- The boys, are we going to start talking about like that show being politically correct? Because it is Dude. the opposite. I mean, the show you get paid to do is the single most politically incorrect show that's Over been on the TV. Top it on is re- everything. ridiculously. Which is why you're getting those comments. Those people feel emboldened exactly. because that's the theme of the show. It's the show. And we can look at your ass and go, wow, it looks like she got implants. Or, oh, just what happened to Aaron Moriarty's lips? That's part of celebrity. It's the sucky part, but it's part of celebrity. I get things that say that. Man, Holmberg, you look like you've got AIDS. Or, oh, fine. Okay, I'll get that. I agree. Sometimes I look AIDSy. 
Man, what happened to the Deep's gills? You can't take yeah, you can't take a bad photo and have a, a modicum of notoriety without someone saying something about you. It can't happen. You put yourself out there for that. You have to grow, you know, duck feathers and understand, yeah, there's going to be some people that see a picture of you and feel the need to comment because they've got internet muscles. You can't be worried about it, starlight. It's crazy. And I understand it's painful, but turn it off. And should it be that way? That's the worst argument. It's like, but it shouldn't be this way. It is, and it will never not be this way. Read the Bible. They were dicks, oh too. <laughs> there was murder and mean. A lot of comments. People are mean. It's, but that's the fun of it. Like, without it, it wouldn't, nothing would be funny. Social media then was Jesus had to take it while he was up on the cross. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> you, you feel persecuted? Read about that cat. Nailed. All that dude was had a couple different ideas. Don't. Yeah, don't pun it. Don't pun your boy. I don't believe in it, but don't pun your boy. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> that was low-hanging fruit. Oh, God. Yeah, anyway. But Aaron Moriarty cannot and absolutely should not. She says, uh, I, I feel paralyzed. I've put blood, sweat, and tears into this role. I've grown up in this character's shoes. Uh and the butcher steps in, you know, I mean, you've got, it's the weirdest thing that she's like feeling persecuted now. You know what you should do? Every, every time you feel bad, go grab your ADP app and take a gander at how much money you're getting paid to goof around as a superhero every couple of weeks and tolerate the assholes. Period. Done. End of story. Easy fix. Just have Soldier Boy take her out in one episode. <laughs> right. Ride her out. Kill her. We'll ride her out. She's getting a little hoity-toity. She's getting a little bit Lily from AT&T. <laughs> Lily from AT&T was remarkable because we all know Lily from AT&T, and it's not because she's such a great AT&T actress. That was not why we were noticing Lily right off the bat. Like, who is the AT&T girl? Holy moly. And I, along with everyone else, who is the... A-T-N-T, girl, enter. I still can't say her name. Winusta Vikrub. <laughs> Don't care. So then I learned her name, and I would put Winusta Vikrub, bikini, enter. Holy cow, there she is in a bikini. And it was great. Because that's what people do. And that's what sells your product. I don't want anybody looking at my breasts ever again. Well, that's going to be hard since you're a 36 triple R. It's going to be rough for us not to notice those. It's kind of like saying, there's Haley's Comet, but I hate you if you look at it. <laughs> we tend to like those things, especially when they're massive and still up in the air. Massive and they haven't been tortured by gravity yet. But Starlight can't. That, that Nobody on the show, the boys, can come out later. See, look at that. There's the, you looked her up right there. <laughs> Milana Weintraub. And she led with those things for a while. Look at that. That's a shirt that barely covers boobs. Don't look at them. It's like being on fire and asking people not to look at you. Yeah. There's some good pictures of her. And you know what's crazy about that one is that she's not hot enough to overshadow her breasts. She better be a pretty damn good actress for us to stop noticing those things. Because it's... Halle Berry fought it until she finally showed him. Like, we went to every movie that she was in hoping one would slip out or whatever. Finally, she's like, here, look. Jesus, get off my back. 100 Gs. 
My friend and I were talking. Uh, we think Monsters Ball is the reason he does. This was his. My buddy Colin came up with this theory. In the 1990s, they did a, a study that said uh, about on the approval of interracial marriage. In what decade? 90s. 90s. It was okay. under 50%. The United States was fit, le- less than 50% of people approved of interracial marriage in 1996, 95. Today, it's 92%. The difference between then and now, monster's ball. <laughs> Convinced that did it. Convinced of it. That whole movie was about like not accepting interracial marriage until you saw Halle Berry riding Billy Bob Thornton. You're like, maybe I am for this. Halle Berry is the reason that that statistic doubled in 20 years. No other thing has gone from 45% to 92%. We've unified. <laughs> Halle Berry has because Billy Bob railed her and we're like, I look as good as Billy Bob. I think I got a chance with her. And I, and I know my grandpa would be really upset, but she's a smoke show. I'm con- he was right when he said, I'm pretty sure it's Monster's Ball that did this. And I'm like, you, that, catalyst. That's, that, that is the first, like, you mention Monster's Ball, the first thing you think of is that amazing scene. It's the first time my dad and I shared a boner together. Aww. Yeah. It's like our first catch. We didn't know what the movie was. And that scene came up, and I was in sweatpants, and he was on the couch, and neither of us moved for a good five minutes. And he's like, let's watch something else. I'm like, I'm with you. No daddy, no, I'm sorry, Toledo, you have to hear this. No father-son boner day. I know you'd kill for that, but. Give anything to have a boner with my dad. Don't know what you're missing. Yeah, but that's an amazing statistic. And it's a it's the right thing. No one should really care about that. But 92% of people now, nah, perfectly acceptable interracial marriage. 45 back in 1995. Monsters Ball, 1996, 97. I mean, <laughs> that did it. Little wave. That did it. Because I can't even think of one a portrayed prior to that. Can you? Nobody can. I, you know, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was in the 60s, and it was a controversial movie that got kicked out of theaters because uh, Sidney Poitier was dating a white girl. Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever, and it was called Jungle Fever because it's like this is taboo stuff. Yeah, that was a that was a movie about like oof, you don't dabble in this Mm -hmm. dark art. (laughs) James Bond did a little bit. Bond would nail a yeah. He was pro black lady every once in a while. He'd make out with him at least. We never got to see that, but it was never a relationship. It was always like sexualizing women. Uh, Roger Moore hit uh, Grace uh, Jones. Grace Jones. And everybody was like, I don't think he had a choice. I think, <laughs> I think Grace Jones hit Roger Moore. <laughs> oh, my. This is a rather tragic Crazy. event, isn't it? You're going inside of me. <laughs> this woman's penis is massive. <laughs> Take that, Bond. All right. Hello. Good Lord Daisy, Lion. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting statistic, but there it sits. And I think my friend Colin's on to something. If you're going to do a scientific study as to why... Monster's Ball has to be – I want to see the jump from 1995 to 2000, that five-year gap where we're all getting used to Monster's Ball. And you're like, mm, I think I like interracial sex. <laughs> and porn. You know, through the 2000s, porn once again is like making us get used to it. It's a crazy statistic because, that you know, we were all grown-ups in the 90s. We lived in a world where that was 
That's not that long ago. Don't even get started about the gay stuff. I, I wonder what that one is. I wonder what that stat lives at. That it's perfectly acceptable. I bet you now. I would wonder if you get into the South and you're going to start dealing with. I bet you it's probably about sixty yeah, percent. think a gay relationship is perfectly pockets. fine. But most cities would be like, who cares? Most rural communities are like, that's disgusting. And if it was anonymous, everybody'd be honest. But it's a you know it's that- a Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale was like the cities were going to fight each other over Colosimo and that girl. There was like factions of. Of you, you just don't mix. It's crazy. It's not that far. Was that poll um, whitey? 92% of whitey? <laughs> yes, it was or done was by it whitey. <laughs> oh, it's everybody. It- I forget if it was uh, a Gallup approval poll. So it's, you know, random everybody. I think he's asking if black people were asked the same yeah, question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, the Gallup poll, I think, just kind of tries to find – Gallup Split, is usually right? the one that's like not focused in on one group. They're like, let's get a – uh, like a quilt of everything. Pretty amazing stat, though, when you think about it. I'm all for it. I think it's great. And from Monsters Ball came the great line from Peter Boyle. The dog of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> like, yes, yes, this is going to teach America a lesson. <laughs> and then that scene where evidently they really had sex. Which is even better. I remember that Billy Bob Thornton. Knocked on her door and went into her. I just want to see if you would uh, like to actually have penetrative sex. (laughs) If that would be something you'd like to maybe try. And she told him, whatever happens, happens. So he went back to his his trailer as an actor. Well, I know what I'm going to make happen. She's okay with everything. I'm going in. And he did it. And they humped. And we watched (laughs) And interracial sex was okay. For all of us, America changed. It brought America together. Say, Hallie, I think we can really unite America if we have actual sex. All right, Billy Bob. God damn it, that worked. (laughs) It was great. So, it's a thing. Gallup Gallup polls can never be wrong. What a movie, too. Unfortunately, mine was sullied by my dad's election. That I just couldn't turn around and know that he had. I got Don't an, look. Got an advanced copy of it. My friend said this movie is un same same guy, Colin. This is a, he was a movie reviewer. He says an unbelievable movie. It's coming out in a couple months, but they had to re, they had to release this for uh, Academy voters. It's amazing, and he gives me the tape. And Friday night, my dad are hanging out. There's nothing on TV. I'm like, I get this movie. Colin gave me said it's amazing. Billy Bob Thornton, Halle Berry. Like, All right, pop it in there. It starts off strong. Like, this is great, and then that thing happens. And both of us wanted out of there. (laughs) Uh, Some sort of volleyball game on or something. Turn it off. (laughs) Why is he wearing sweatpants? It's gross. Uh, What do you got on the big board of musical treats there? Wake up song time. And it's brought to you by our buddies over there at Action Ride Shop. They got the thing going on right now. You can get in on a brand new $14,000 retail price uh, bike for just a purchase of a $50 pair of gloves. All right, so if you're thinking about getting into the e-bike thing, you're you're on the fence. I mean, it, you could you get a fourteen thousand dollar bike for possibly just fifty bucks. So go to actionrideshop.com. Nice. You can do it online, or you can go into the store. They're right there on Gilbert Road and Southern. On the list, Ministry up there, uh, Disturbed, Metallica, Clutch, BLS, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. 
Great song. Uh, Motley Crue, Godsmack. Hank Williams Jr. for uh, football. <laughs> All my rowdy friends are <laughs> yeah. not yet. <laughs> it's the eve of the, the yeah. opener. Hey, we can't do all my rowdy friends quite yet. Maybe Monday. After we all feel it, and then there's a Monday night game. Who is the Monday night game this week? Hawks and Broncos. Oh, oh Jesus, it is? Yeah. Ugh. Opening season. Well, they're going to start making the Monday night games good again because they've got, they're paying too much money to mm-hmm. Buck and Aikman to not make those games worth watching. Because the Monday night game was the throwaway game. Sunday night football is the winner. Monday night game is the crap game for the last few years. It's going to be ugly. Yep. Two talking about Russell the whole game. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's going to be hard to watch. As a Seahawk fan, that's going to suck. Nah. Especially if he tears you. I'm okay, you to I'm okay with it. Yeah, because your I'm team, okay. you already know you're building again. Yep. And you got like 100 draft picks out oh, of it. Oh, God, so. yeah. You just live on that. All right. Uh, I don't care. Whatever you want to pick there, Bert. Mm-hmm. Oh, that rowdy friends is just jumping off the page, though. It is. <laughs> I don't want it. We can't do it yet. I'll wait till tomorrow before the game starts. No, no. <laughs> we got to wait till after football before. Like That's a Monday night football thing. What a song. <laughs> what a song. Uh, Boy, it fits pretty good. Yeah, Electric Cowboy thing might be interesting. Is that the new one? That's the old one. Oh, that is the That's old one. That's the one okay. we've played before. We got the moves. I don't care. Pick one, Brett. You do it. Uh, go. And go. Jimmy's Chicken Check. All right. Hi. That's a great song. Was that part of our no. deep dive? No, I was bitching about that. Ah. Didn't make it. Deep dive, well, deep dive again. Yeah, we got to do another one because the deep dive weekend caused debate after debate in this building. Like, yeah. Songs that just don't test. We can't figure it out. Would love to figure it out. But Jimmy's Chicken Shack is awesome. Meanwhile, like Hoobastank still tests well. What's wrong with people in this uh, world? And I, we don't play it anymore just based on Larry having a gut saying, I don't think it fits. But if the testing came back. The reason. Yeah. People wouldn't mind it. Well, you talked about it earlier, too, uh, Marcy Playground, too. Yeah, Sex and Candy, which I like. I don't know how it's surviving this many years, and it is. It's crazy, but it's a it's a good song. It's just how come that one and not this one? Yeah. Like, I want to know why the focus groups don't like Jimmy's Chicken Shack, but we'll talk, I, it's familiarity. It has to be. That's the only thing. Well, that song was played on every radio station yeah. when it yeah, came out. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those comfort songs where like, oh, I know this one. And you can't and the word kind of sex and candy. Maybe. People. I don't think our audience is really like, like, ooh. You know, I don't think they're moved by that as much. I think it's just that thing where, like, I know this song, up and down, and it's comfortable. It doesn't push you away, and it doesn't drag you in. It's ambient sound. Yeah. It's, it just works. Those tests are amazing. When you sit through one of those music tests and you see how people react as a whole, I've been in one auditorium test where 700 plus people in it years ago, and I'm watching them, and they're like in the air tonight. They'll throw in a few songs that they know they're not going to play just to see, just to get a gauge of like the like we know this song. Everybody knows in the air tonight. Phil Collins hit that thing, and boom! Every meter, like the second that thing starts, like the second they hear note two, every dial went to green. Love it. Like they don't give it a chance. Then like everybody knows. So we have a group of people who are familiar. So it's basically a baseline to say this is a group. Oh, 710 people, boom! Not one person was like, yuck, I hate this song. Everybody loved it. You could play that song on any radio station and nobody would be upset. Yeah. But you couldn't play it a lot because after a while people are like, I'm too familiar with it. But then Jimmy's Chicken Shack comes on and like, I have no clue. And then they do a thing where they'll ask you, uh, do you know the song? Nope. And for an old song to be unfamiliar is automatically like a dump. 
and they'll, they'll, that dial was amazing. I've sat. But there's songs that. out there too. You're just kind of like it was a uh, bottom of the bottle. That I do it for the drugs song. Yeah, I do it's it like, for the drugs. Yeah, yeah. That smile, empty soul. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's just it. I don't even know. Nobody knows. But is it familiar? Is it something you're like? Oh, I like this one. And it's only because of that line. Because of the yeah. It's, like, it's only that because it's got a catchy little yep. bang in it. Yeah, I don't know. But it has to be catchy. You can sing in another language if it's catchy. They don't care. Rammstein. But yeah, familiar. It's weird. I, I would I would love for everybody to be part of one of those tests once because mm-hmm. it is really you. It's really strange to watch. If you ever get the call? You should do it. It's really strange to watch the sheep. Yeah, and that's really what it becomes. You become a group, and then there is like a. It's a group of human beings, like dictating what's going to happen, and they know it. It's pretty neat. And then they ask them like a thousand questions. You get paid to do it. If anybody offers it, you should do it. Because it is kind of neat, and we then we stand on the other side of that glass. So like it's like an interrogation, like the the yeah, glass mirror there. Yeah, uh, I went once because at the end I was a brand new morning show host, uh, and they did a thing like, "What do you think of the new hosts?" And for the most part, it was pretty nice. But then there's always a couple people go, "I can't stand that guy's voice." <laughs> just nails on a chalk. And just not everybody's going to be happy with you. But I really felt bad because the girl took a it's the live it- comments. Oh. Oh, yeah. So it was live comments. You know, like, I can't be in this room. I can't do this to myself every couple months. But for the most part, everybody was nice. But they always say what they would do. And it's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it was crazy. But, yeah. So we'll see. But this one should be this one should be on the list. Jimmy's Chicken Shack should be on the list. Because this is a great song. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's Jimmy's Chicken Shack. That's the other thing. Is just people the name? Just, yeah, well, people just won't let go of the idea that they didn't. It, they were kind of a novelty for a minute. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to like them. This song's cool. Hey, it's not weird. It's pretty cool, actually. No membership fee. I have heard enough of this. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.